Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Walk on Wisdom. Um, still in the first two weeks of January, and uh, I hope this year has blessed you already, leaving behind the woes of 2023 and moving forward with confident expectancy in 2024. Um, and thank you guys so much for the continued support. As I have said, um, you know, traveling around and talking to people when I get the opportunity to meet people and talk to them, whether it be appearances through the UFC or hiatus or, or whatever we're doing. Um, there's been a l much larger amount of people who have brought up these episodes, um, and how they are speaking to you guys. Um, and it's all I can really ask for. Um, pray for wisdom every single day to be able to, uh, connect with you guys and answer y'all's questions. So thank you for trusting me because as I, as I always say, I'm an expert at absolutely nothing. Um, but I know a little bit about couple of the things that I've gone through. And if I can help make your day better, help you with a problem that you're having, the more deeper questions, the more deeper conundrums that we find ourselves in life, um, then I am fulfilling my calling. So um, if you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't sent a question in, the questions go to podcast at michaelchandler.com. And uh, we are getting a lot of them stacked up so we can do more and more of these episodes. So thank you guys so much. And um, with that, we will get right into it. The first one comes from anonymous. So, um, actually on a side note, if you do not want your name to be read, uh, read, uh, here live or here on the air for everyone to know, make sure you call yourself anonymous. So first one does come from anonymous and we get right into it. Hey, Mike, I've reached out before and you've answered questions. I'm a division one wrestler at a small school with a career riddled with injuries as I am now a senior. I started off the year as the starter at my weight. It was going decent, but halfway through, I hurt my neck with evulsion fractures and am now rehabbing this. I am now dealing with the realization of possibly being done with my wrestling career and knowing I didn't do what I set out to do. It's a scary thought because all, all of this is all that I knew. I've trained BJJ and striking on the side in the summer, but am not sure if I actually want to continue that in the long run after college. I'm having trouble figuring out what's next since my entire life I've identified as a wrestler, especially since I have not reached the goals I wanted to. This is making it all much harder. I guess my question is just asking for advice on how I should approach life moving forward with wrestling being out of my life from anonymous. Um, you have found yourself in a position that millions of other athletes have found themselves in. What does life look like after your sport? We complain about our sport. We complain about the workload. We complain about the, uh, the intricacies. We complain about the demands, whether it be physical or emotional, we complain about them the demands on our body. We complain about the demands on our time, our energy, our effort. We complain about them. We take them for granted, so to speak, and then eventually they're gone and we get have to wrestle with the age-old question of, as this chapter ends and we turn the page to a new chapter, did I do everything that I possibly could to become the best that I could? Did I do the best that I could with these gifts that I was given? It's time to move on or maybe it's not. Maybe there's another avenue I can continue down that road. Um, I had to answer this question. March of 2009, I took my wrestling singlet off for the last time for the Mizzou Tigers. Some of the best five years of my life started as a walk-on 
lowest guy on the totem pole. Nobody knew my name. Nobody expected a lot out of me. People from my hometown didn't expect a lot out of me. Parents supported me, but didn't quite know um, where I would stack up in the division one college wrestling ranks and worked my way up, became a, a team captain, a four year NCAA qualifier and an all American. And, and I reached some of the goals reached far and above the goals that I had for myself. Quite frankly, I didn't, it was good enough for me to just make the team at some point in my five years at Mizzou. And I ended up making the team for four years. So I, I reached certain goals, but that goal, once I realized as I was going into my senior season and I was ranked top five in the country, I really truly believed I can beat Jordan Burroughs. I could beat Mike Poeta. I could beat Jordan Lean. I could beat these other top guys in my weight class. And I really truly believed that if I was able to put together a good NCAA tournament, a good big 12 tournament, I was going to be able to beat these guys and become a national champion. The goalposts kept getting moved and moved. Lo and behold, I did not reach that goal. Took fifth as a senior. Um, so my advice is this. Having not reached your goal, because even if you did reach your goal, number one, become realistic about the fact that even if you had reached your goal, say your junior year, your, your sophomore year, going into your senior year, you would have set a new goal. Even if you were a national champion, you would have made sure that your goal was undefeated national champion. Undefeated national champion with five five or more tech falls, 10 or more pins, we always move the goalposts because that's what we do as human beings. Reaching a goal is only an indication that we didn't set our sights high enough, or at least that's what we tell ourselves. And we decide not to stop and smell the roses and pat ourselves on the back and be proud of that which we have accomplished and we continue moving forward, especially in the wrestling mindset. That's what we do as wrestlers. That's what we do as human beings. In a lot of ways, we reach a goal and say, well, I did it. I'm proud of myself for about five seconds. And then, okay, I'm now I'm discontent with where I'm at. Now I have to move the goalpost. So even if you're not an athlete, even if you're not a wrestler, even if you're not um, doing something physical like this, even in your own life, ask, ask that question to yourself. How... How often am I stopping and smelling the roses and patting myself on the back and looking myself in the mirror and saying, I am proud of you. I am proud of me. I am proud to be me. I am proud of what I bring to the table. I am proud of how I show up. I'm proud of what I've done thus far. Because here toward the end of this question from our anonymous wrestler, the question is, I'm just asking how for advice on how I should approach life moving forward with wrestling being out of my life. And it is a tough it is a tough realization. I remember even though I knew I was going to get the opportunity to continue to compete, I was romantic about wrestling. I was in love with wrestling. Wrestling was the thing that I did. It was the thing that I chased for the better part of a decade of my life. You know, you learn a lot about yourself through that high, those high school years and even more about yourself as you turn into a quote unquote adult at 18 years old and go off to college and learn more about yourself. So during the most important years of my life or of my adolescence, where I was trying to learn who am I, who am I as a young man? Who am I as an athlete? Who am I as a friend? Who am I as a athlete, as a student, as a brother, as a son? Who am I? Those are all questions I had to ask myself during very pivotal, very important season, a very important time in my life. And now, even as that was ending and I knew I was going into mixed martial arts, 
there was still a piece of me that felt like I was leaving the old me behind, the old self behind and diving down this road called mixed martial arts. And it's a scary time because I truly thought that I was uh, not quite sure how I was going to do in mixed martial arts. I knew I was going to do decent, I thought, but it could have been two years in and everybody laughed at me and said, hey, I can't believe you went out there and got knocked out your first two fights. <laughs> and uh, and I would have came back with my tail between my legs and got a job. But here I am 15 years later. But what I would say, whether you're an athlete giving up, not giving up, but ending where your sport ends, um, or you're going down a career path and that career path has now ended. It has, it has changed courses. Take a moment to really write down and gather your thoughts on the things that you're proud of yourself for. Because ultimately we talk about this mental highlight reel that I think all of us need to have. It needs to be on a piece of paper or it needs to be on your phone, on your, on your notes. It needs to be times in your life where you over exceeded, out exceeded your expectations of yourself. Because only through the visualization and the seeing of yourself becoming better and accomplishing things and being having a, a, a deep sense of pride attached to what you have done, what you have created, what you have accomplished, without taking stock in those things, taking those moments to smell the roses, being proud of yourself, it's going to be hard to continue to move forward with a confident and, and positive self-image if we Instead of looking at the glass half empty, well, that is over and I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Well, you did accomplish a lot. There were moments for this, in this particular case, there were moments in this wrestling career, whether it ended up the way you wanted it to or it did not, there were moments where you exceeded your expectations, where you were proud of yourself, where your coaches were proud of you, where you were a good training partner, you were a good teammate, a good leader. There were times that your greatest fears did not work out the way that you thought they were going to and you exceeded your expectations and you have a feather in your cap, should have a feather in your cap. Another positive notch on your trajectory toward the man or woman that you're going to become. So I think the biggest thing, the advice I would say is, listen, yes, I know it's tough because you didn't accomplish your goals. You didn't get to where you visualized you wanted to go. But moving forward, take stock in what you have done, what you have accomplished. Take a moment to really be proud of yourself. And on the flip side, take a moment to be really realistic about where you really fell short. Did you cut corners? Were you not as disciplined as you needed to be? Were you not as positive as you needed to be? Were you not as honest as you needed to be? Did you not work as hard as you probably should have? Did you not do what you say you were going to do? And I'm not saying that you did, in this particular question, but to anybody listening, it is important, just as important as stopping and smelling the roses and patting yourself on the back for the things that you have done, being realistic about saying that thing that I did, I don't want to do that anymore. That feeling that I felt because I cut this corner here or I made this decision here, I'm not going to do that anymore. That was a slap on the wrist. It was a learning lesson and I will be better tomorrow than I am today. So that's my advice. You can't change it. You can't turn back the hands of time, but what you can do is make the best of what you have today. And just like I did, I let the shortcomings of my past in wrestling, the places where I faltered, the places where I didn't believe in myself, the times that I 
felt downtrodden or I felt less than or the matches that I lost because of certain aspects of my mindset, I let that fuel me into my next career, my next path, my next opportunity. And that's why I truly believe I fight with so much passion because I believe that when I knock out Conor McGregor here in a couple months and it's the biggest stage I ever could have asked for, I'm doing it for me today, but I'm also doing it for that 18-year-old Michael, the 20-year-old Michael, the one that didn't believe in himself, the one that fell short, not because I didn't work hard, not because I didn't do things right, not because I didn't have a great team around me, but because I didn't believe in myself. The small guy from the small town who was taught to do small things beat me time and time again. And the greatest moment of my life, the greatest opportunity of my life, I'm doing it for that young man. So start to look at your life kind of from that 30,000 foot view where you can really dive deep into where do I need to be better? And it's okay to admit that you're not perfect. It's okay to admit that you've made mistakes. It's okay to admit and be realistic about your shortcomings. I could go on for an hour about all the ways I want to be better. Me acknowledging those things opens the door to the right people coming into my life, the right materials coming into my life, the right opportunities coming into my life for me to be able to become better. James 1.5, he who lacks wisdom, pray for it, and the Lord your God will give it abundantly. So anonymous wrestler, I wish you the best. You're not perfect. You weren't created to be perfect. You were a perfect creation who has faltered and you were a sinner saved by grace. Continue to move forward. Take stock in the things that you need to get better at. Turn this page, go into a new chapter, but be proud of the things that you have accomplished and the man that you have become, the woman that you have become into the next chapter of your life. Great question. Next one comes from Jack. Hey, Michael, Jack here. I was wondering how you would tackle self-worth. I am a goal-oriented and driven person, but struggle with self-worth because I haven't reached the goals that I have set out and hold myself to a high standard. How would you go about being less harsh on yourself? I'm chipping away at my goals and it's not like I'm stagnant or being lazy. I'm just not where I want to be yet. And with that comes thinking of myself in a lower regard than reality is. I have good and bad moments with this and occasionally it wears on me. Thanks so much in advance. See you at the top. Well, Jack, sounds like you're a human to me. Sounds like you're just like me. Sounds like you're just like everyone else listening. No matter what we accomplish, there's always going to be insecurities, fears, doubts, self-loathing, moments of thinking yourself, thinking of yourself lowlier than you actually are. Um, But what I'm hearing in here too is I'm a goal-oriented, driven person, but you struggle with self-worth because you haven't reached the goals that you have set out and you hold yourself to a high standard. Holding yourself to a high standard is great. But focusing on perfection only leads to pain. Let's focus on being remarkable. Let's, Let's focus on being great. Let's focus on being successful. Let's not focus on being perfect. Maybe it's the right goal, the right standard. Maybe it's the right opportunity. It's just not the right time. Maybe it's the goal, the right standard, the right opportunity. It's just not the right time. It's not that people don't do the right things. It's that maybe people haven't done the right things long enough yet. Just by striving toward having your goals, just by striving toward being the person that you want to be, 
doing the things you want to do, having the things that you want to have, just by striving toward them, you are a constant work in progress. And we can't miss the forest through the trees. We can't focus so much on the end goal that we're missing the goal today of winning today. If we can win today, then we've done our job. And then if we win tomorrow, we've done our job. And if we do that seven days in a row, we've won the week. And if we do that 30 days in a row, or even most of the 30 days in a row, we've won the month. We've had more good days than we have bad days. We've had more good days where we've seen progress than days where we felt like we took a step backward or, or felt like we had days where we didn't have progress. It's all about perception. How do we perceive where we're at and what we're doing? How do we perceive who we are? I can tell you who you are. You're a miraculous creation who was created to do great things. Great things than you even can even think or imagine. You say you have good and bad moments and occasionally it wears on you. Well, it sounds like you're a human. It's not like you're being stagnant or lazy. You're just not where you want to be yet. Well, it sounds like you're someone, someone, a human being who is pursuing something. And I love this because in this very short question, Jack sent in a pretty short question compared to some of these. There's so much written in these just few sentences, but all of this is the human condition. But the biggest thing that we can do is look at self-image and self-worth, not like it's tied to what we accomplish, not like it's tied to what we do, not like it's accomplished to the numbers in our bank account or the number of followers that we have or the number of friends that we have. Your real self-worth is who are you when you're sitting on a chair in a room by yourself. Now I fight in front of millions of people, but is that my worth or is my worth really me sitting here when Connor's gone for the day and I'm sitting here by myself? Do I love myself? Am I proud of myself? Yeah, there's always a little bit of discontentment. I know I can accomplish more. I know I can do more. I want answers now. I could be doing more right now but am I happy with myself? If there was a mirror here in the studio, which there's not, but if there was, can I look in that mirror and say, man, I like that guy. He deserves success. I love that guy. Nothing more powerful than a healthy sense of pride and pr being proud of yourself. Now, even at this stage of my life, even with what I've accomplished, even with the big fight I have coming up and the zeros in my bank account and the zeros behind the number of followers and the likes and the clicks and the quote unquote fame that people think I have and all of this, all of this platform that I've just been blessed with, even with that, I'll tell you right now, I walk into a lot of rooms and feel really insecure. Walk into a lot of rooms and feel like I might be the lowest guy on the totem pole. So do I have self-worth image, uh, self-worth, self-image issues? I'd say uh, I could be better at it. And what I've realized is back when I was 14 years old and I was a tiny little guy and didn't have hair in my armpits till I was 18 years old and I would walk into a locker room and I would felt like I was the lowest guy on the totem pole and the smallest guy. And now I have this huge platform and success and fame or all these different adjectives that people think I have or maybe I do realistically have still walk into rooms and still feel like that little 14-year-old who feels less than. So am I selling you guys snake oil? Am I 
sitting here trying to pump you guys up and, and telling you things that I don't truly believe about myself. Um, not really, but I'm just bringing it to you that I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve, telling you that even as I continue to accomplish and I can continue to take ground between me and these huge lofty goals that I have, all these things that a man could want or be or do or have, self-image has continued to go up, but there's still days where I, in experiences and rooms that I walk into where I feel like the least confident guy in the room. And to feel that, to do that, to operate that way is to be human. Because success and self-image and all of these things, those are all rented every single day. It's never 100% attained. If it is, you might be a sociopath. To have 100% confidence in everything you do in every single scenario around every single group of people walking into every single room, you might be a sociopath. To say that we're going to be able to slay this dragon called self-images is a, a journey that we are all on. And that self-image, that positive self-image is rented and the rent is due every single day. So what are we going to do tactically? Who are we going to surround ourselves with tactically? What are we going to ingest tactically on purpose to make sure that we see ourselves the way God sees us? So Jack, I would say stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Focus on success, not perfection. Continue to stay in your journal. Continue to ingest positive things, things that are of good repute, things that are positive, things that are happy, things that are joyful, things that are that make you really have the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up in a good way. And admit, I think one of the big things here is admission that I need help in this area said it in the last question, James 1.5, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom in the areas of your life that you know you can get better at and you know you need to get better at and watch those things start to be orchestrated around you. Life has a funny way of working itself out in the different seasons that we are in. Admitting that you have some work to do on your self-image does not mean that you are not a confident person. But admitting that you have some conf- that you have some some work to do on your self image will help orchestrate and op- open the door to things that fuel you more and help you be able to fuel to serve other people and do more things out in the world, being a high functioning, high high person of value in society. But good question, Jack. A um, lot of really good um, context and questions in that very short message. Next one comes from Emmanuel. Hi, Michael. My name's Emmanuel. I'm a 16-year-old Christian martial artist with two years experience each in wrestling, taekwondo, MMA, and jiu-jitsu. Keeping it short, I've endured knee surgery and five broken ribs from wrestling, and recently I signed up for an MMA fight in April. I'm looking for advice when it comes to the inevitable nerves that will come and the things I should be doing to get my head right. Considering my history and fear of getting injured, I just want to go out and have some fun. Much love. See you at the top. Well, Emmanuel, number one, I commend you for um, having the fear of getting injured, obviously, with a uh, knee surgery and broken ribs and probably a bunch of other injuries that you didn't list. 
<clears throat> knowing that you have been injured before through a sport similar to obviously fighting in a cage, Taekwondo, wrestling, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, all of the mixture of martial arts. I commend you for braving the unknown. And here we are, uh, we're in January. So a couple months from now, stepping in the, the cage for an MMA fight. Um, but when it comes to the nerves, um, fighting the fight or stepping into the cage, stepping into the battlefield before you actually get there in your mind is the best way to prepare yourself for it. Whether it be before practice, whether it be after practice and the quiet comfort of your own home, your own room, all by yourself. No distractions, no phone, no noises. Can you close your eyes and can you step inside the battleground? Can you smell the smells and feel the feels and hear the noises and feel the canvas under your feet? Can you see your opponent in front of you? Maybe you know who he is. Maybe you don't. Even if it's just a figure. A head, two arms, two legs, and a torso. And that's not just stepping into a cage with a cage door closing and getting into a fight, but maybe your next big business meeting, maybe your next big opportunity in your career, maybe your next big presentation, maybe your next big hard conversation. Can you step into it before you actually get there? And this is something that I never did back when I was in college wrestling. I wish I would have. Um, so Emmanuel starting that visualization process young at the 16 year old. And even if you're 50 years old listening right now, and you know, you've underperformed so many times because you might have, um, performance anxiety, you might be a little bit afraid when you walk into something feeling un unprepared, the best way to become prepared is to get there and do it before you actually get there and do it. Even if it's five minutes. I can close my eyes and I can see a UFC octagon. I can look left and look right and I can see a big arena. I don't know what the arena is. I can close my eyes. I can look across and I can see Conor McGregor. I see Bruce Buffer to my left as he's yelling on the microphone. I can see Herb Dean right now. I can see Mark Goddard. I can see the referee. I can see the logos on the mat. And now, of course, I've done this 30-something times, 31 times. Um, and I've watched countless fights. But stepping in the room before you step in the room. Stepping in the octagon, the cage, before you step into the cage. Seeing yourself performing at a level at which you know you are capable of. Seeing yourself as confident, showing up as confident, even if you are not confident. Fake it. See yourself. See yourself performing with confidence. See yourself moving with confidence. See yourself moving without any second guessing. See yourself attacking with zero hindrances. See yourself over exceeding your expectations of what you think you're capable of. That's how you deal with the nerves. Now, what I would say, Emmanuel, is you brought up the inevitable nerves that come and then considering your history and fear of getting injured. Now, one thing I will say is it's a dangerous place to be to step inside of a cage if you have the fear of failure. Or sorry, fear of injury. Fear of failure as well, but fear of injury even more. 
the fear of injury hindering you, the fear of injury slowing you down, the fear of injury. Um, you know, I always think about when I'm training and I've trained through tons and tons of injuries. Um, a lot of them minor, thank God. Um, praise God that I haven't had too many training camps where I've had really, you know, bad injuries. I've never pulled out of a fight, never missed weight. Um, but I've had these little nagging things and I, and it's inevitable every single time I'm going through a practice, whether it be sparring, wrestling, grappling, whatever it is. If I got a banged up ankle or I got a banged up knee, nothing bad, but painful, annoying. It hurts not moving right. It's as if I'm training to protect that ankle or protect that knee or protect that shoulder or protect that hand. And inevitably by me, not just operating with the blinders off, the knee, the ankle, the hand, whatever that little ailment is, somehow gets bumped, somehow gets tweaked, somehow gets a zing of pain through it. So it's the things that we focus on the most will inevitably happen. So as you're doing your visualization for Emmanuel with the injuries, or even anybody right now who's thinking about their next big opportunity, of course there are things that can go wrong. Of course there are things that could take a turn for the worst. But don't focus on those things because you are doing mental reps of those things possibly happening. So that would be my two cents on there. Um, cannot overstate the importance of visualization and stepping in the room, stepping in the cage, stepping into the opportunity before you actually get there. Next question comes from Colin. Hey, Mike. I'm 21 years old and I'm a huge fan of you and your podcast. I think you do a great job of breaking the stereotype that fighters are just dumb brutes fighting in a cage. And I love what you are doing. My question is, how do you deal with self-doubt when you're striving for a big goal? I have a goal of trying to try my luck in buds and becoming a Navy SEAL. I often doubt myself. And even though I know I'm putting the work in, I often feel that I should be doing more. I feel that the clock is ticking and that in order for me to achieve this, I need to be absolutely perfect. I know that I have, I know that you have struggled with feeling the feeling with this feeling and that you felt similar when you were an undefeated fighter. I've also heard you talk about showing yourself grace and compassion. How do you toe the line between doing enough to feel confident in yourself, but also knowing when to show yourself grace? Thanks, Colin. P.S. You had me on your Instagram live when you first joined the UFC and I've been a fan of yours ever since. See you at the top. Well, Colin, glad I had you on the Instagram live. Um, I love doing those and pulling random people in. Never met Colin before until that Instagram live, but it's kind of stuff I like to do because uh, nobody else does it. Uh, very few people do it. And uh, if I can exceed y'all's expectations and uh, do something that 99% of people aren't willing to do, though, then I'm just doing my job. Um, but Colin, number one, going to Bud's, trying to become a Navy SEAL. Um, hats off to you and, um, buds hell week. You guys have seen the videos. You guys have seen the, the, uh, the training. You guys have seen the pool workouts. You guys have seen the dudes freezing in the, the cold ocean. Colin, what you're about to embark on is absolutely crazy to a lot of people. What you're about to embark on is absolutely out of the question for a lot of people. And that's why it is a select few who brave the unknown and do what others aren't willing to do in order to accomplish their goal of becoming a Navy SEAL. 
one thing I would say is we'll get to the success and the perfection and the showing yourself grace here in a second. One thing I would say is rest in this. It's scary, but it's not scary in the sense that your life is going to be over if this doesn't work out for you. See, I think sometimes we need to just take our goal and act like it ain't that big of a deal. Sometimes we need to take our, you know, for me, my next fight, me winning a world title, me becoming X, Y, and Z, taking those goals and acting like, you know what, it ain't that big of a deal. Millions and millions of people have done what I'm trying to do. They've accomplished it. They've done it. So I don't say that to downplay this because uh, I would be scared to death <laughs> to go into buds. I got to be honest with you. Okay. Especially a guy like me who plays a tough guy on TV and everybody thinks I'm all this big tough guy. It would be a scary thing. Sometimes we need to water it down a little bit, even though it's so important to us. So it doesn't have such a grip on us. Water it down a little bit. So it doesn't have such a grip on it. So on us, water it down. So it doesn't feel so astronomically almost unachievable. Now, as far as putting in the work, you often feel like you should be doing more. Well, Colin, you sound like a human. That's what all of us do. But as long as you know you're putting in the work that you have planned to do, my suggestion would be on Sunday, write out your plan for the week. I'm going to do this many runs. I'm going to do this many lifts. I'm going to do this many swims, this many. Insert your training here and make a plan and stick to it because there's nothing more of a confidence builder than making a promise to yourself, making a plan and sticking to that promise and sticking to that plan. So you feel like you're putting in the work, but you also feel like you should be doing more and having it on paper and being able to check those things off, even if you check it off and you're like, well, maybe I could have gone a little bit harder. It's always easier. Hindsight is always 2020, right? I've done it a thousand times in, in my workouts. Get done with it. I'm like, man, it was tough. It was hard. But man, is that really the standard that I've set for myself? It's okay to question it. As long as you don't let question after question dig you into a hole of, well, I'm lazy, right? You're definitely not lazy. You're definitely doing more than a lot of people are. You say, I feel like the clock is ticking and then in order for me to achieve this, I need to be absolutely perfect. And that is just not true. That perfection is going to lead to pain. That perfection is going to lead to a subpar version of yourself on the day that you arrive. The striving for perfection is going to do nothing but hinder you. But can we put a good day together, a good workout together, a good training together today and then tomorrow and the next day all the way until the day arrives? You say, I know that you have struggled with this feeling and you have felt similar when you were an undefeated fighter. And yes, I did. It was like, Colin, Colin listens. For those of you who haven't heard kind of my little backstory about the, the perfection stance, and then hopefully people who have heard it can kind of glean more information from it. As I started the sport of mixed martial arts in August of 2009, I went from August of 2009 until, I want to say 2013, without losing a fight, it was 12-0. and 0. I became a world champion at 9-0, and 0, beat Eddie Alvarez, number five guy in the world. And I don't say that to impress you, but I say that to impress upon you that the weight of the world felt like it was on my shoulders because I was just this no-name 
all-American wrestler from Mizzou, came into the sport of mixed martial arts, kicked down the door to the party, took it by storm. Everybody was talking about me. We can't wait for him to leave Bellator and go to the UFC and fight Benson Henderson or leave Bellator and go to the UFC and fight Anthony Pettis, whoever the, the champions were at that time. So I started putting this pressure on myself. Every practice felt like an opportunity that if I wasn't perfect, it was a failure. So if you can think about it for an eight, 10, 12 week training camp, all those workouts twice a day, sometimes three times a day, I failed in almost every single one of those, every single one of those workouts, every single sparring session I lost because I didn't win every second of it. Every wrestling practice, I lost that wrestling practice because I might've gotten taken down or I might've shot that takedown and that one guy stuffed it and I didn't get it. Instead of looking at myself like I'm getting better and I'm a work in progress and I'm moving forward, I looked at it as, okay, we're eight minutes into this practice. I just missed this takedown. Therefore, it's a failure. And then the rest of the practice was ruined. Still did the work, still worked hard, still, still probably got a lot more takedowns, still got better that practice. But in my mind, I'd already lost. So I say that in relation to Colin's question here and my backstory of my workouts, my training, the things that I'm doing to become better as a fighter. If I look at them like it's either success or failure or win or loss, these two extremes where it's either all good or it's horrible, or it's either all successful or it's a loss, that's a, a, a sad hamster wheel that we can find ourselves on as we are striving toward achieving a goal. And it's human nature. We put this pressure on ourselves once we start to have more and more success. Started mixed martial arts because I wanted to be a world champion, of course, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed competition. I enjoyed hand-to-hand combat. I was doing it for the love of the game, right? But then the then the rankings and the platform and the success and the lights and all these different things start weighing in on you and weighing on you, and you're carrying all that into every single practice and workout. So, Colin, I appreciate you bringing that up because I love speaking about that because I do think that a lot of us don't fail to succeed or fail to reach our goals because we we didn't have the talent, but it's because we put so much pressure on ourselves. So I would say what I would say is going back to the question before this, visualize yourself showing up and how you're going to perform. Start overstating how hard you work, how disciplined you are. Take stock in the places where you are having shortcomings, taking stock in the places where you do need to get better. And we're talking buds here. We're talking Navy SEAL training here. I haven't gone through it. I do have some friends who have, but there's some water involved, some swimming involved, some mental toughness. All of it is mental toughness. There's some physical exhaustion. There's some running. There's a lot of physical activities. So where is your weak point and work on that weak point? Where are you? Where is your shortcoming? Work on that shortcoming. Where can you be better? But also, where are you the best? Where are you 100% confident that you are going to be better than in half the class, three quarters of the class? Where are you, where are you confident that you're going to be that and continue to pour into that as well? Because we can't only focus on our shortcomings. Sometimes it feels dang good to just do the thing that we're really good at as well. I take this approach in my mixed martial arts training, whether I'm training for a certain fight, I know there's certain aspects of my of my game that are weak, 
And I'm going to be working on those, but I'm darn good at a couple of them. I'm darn good. And they feel real good. And I enjoy doing the things that I'm really good at. So I make sure I have a good mixture of doing the things that I need to get better at, but also leaning into the things that I'm really good at, the things that I really like to do, the things that fill up my cup. Because we are just emotional human beings at the end of the day and working on both things, getting yourself patted on the back to do the things that you love to do, the things you're really great at, but then also spending time on those weaknesses. Thank you, Colin. Best of luck in buds. And thank you for, uh, thank you for the question. Cause I think everyone can kind of glean hope and inspiration and, and wisdom from answering a question like that. Not just on the, Maybe this was the time that it finally unlocked and opened the door and took the chains off of somebody that said, you know what, I'm done putting so much pressure on myself to be perfect. I just need to be successful. Because if you're measuring your success by being perfect, you ain't never going to get there. If a person in the Boston Marathon or a marathon or an ultra marathon, if they measure the destination by a couple of their strides that weren't perfect, and they're never going to get there. Colin, best of luck. And thank you for your service to this great country of ours. <clears throat> in advance. Make sure you send in a question after you have dominated buds and you are a Navy SEAL. Next one comes from Caleb. Hello, Michael. My name is Caleb. I am 24 years old from Sacramento, California. I'm a photographer, videographer, and overall content creator for professional athletes and currently work as a semi-professional base or sorry, work for a semi-professional baseball team. My goal is to work with a professional sports team and capture content at the highest level. For almost two years now, I have had countless job interviews with professional sports teams, but have yet to land something. I have been so close with multiple with with multiple uh, teams, but sports jobs are so competitive and nothing has worked out. My current situation at my job is rough. I don't feel like I am growing much. I have been taken advantage of and in a pretty toxic environment. I've had many challenging seasons, but this is, this is one of the hardest to understand. I've been trusting God and trusting that he has plans for me that I don't understand why, but I don't understand why something hasn't opened up. I have kept a good attitude, been keeping my head down and working hard, but the waiting is tough. I have built the resume to work at a professional level, but nothing has opened up yet. I noticed in your recent YouTube video with Jesse, you told him that you, that you would tell your younger self that everything is going to work out. Just keep putting in the work and have your arms open to receive the benefit when that time comes. Do you have anything to mention about that time of waiting? Were there any times you felt like giving up or wondered why God hasn't rewarded your work that you were putting in? Thank you, Michael. This series is life-changing. Have a blessed one, brother. Hope to maybe work with you one day, Caleb. Well, Caleb, there's a lot to glean from this. 24 years old in the content, videography, photography space, working with a semi-professional baseball team. And you've had a lot of job interviews with, with pro sports teams, and it just has not opened up yet. Doors slammed in your face. Another no when you were sure that this was finally your yes. Another, ah, we'll get back to you in a couple weeks and the call never comes. Now the email sent, sorry to inform you, we have gone a different direction and your services are no not needed here at this professional sports team. 
I've been close multiple times, but the sports jobs are just so competitive and nothing has worked out. Well, the fact that they are competitive and, and nothing has worked out yet is just a good indicator that you are trying to do something at a high level. And the most important thing that you can do is continue doing what you're doing and doing it to the best of your ability. You feel like you're not growing much. You've been taken advantage of and it's a pretty toxic environment. Current situation at your job is not very great. And this is, this is the tough spot. This is where the perception comes in. This is where, is it that toxic? Are you not growing much? Are you being taken advantage of? Or is that your perception because things haven't quite worked out for you yet? Now, I don't know enough about this situation. I'm not calling you out. But what I am saying is sometimes we're doing everything right. We think we're better than where we're at, which is okay to, to, to believe that and think that, to have a, a positive self-image. We think we have outgrown where we are. We think we should be getting more. We should be doing more. We should be having more. We deserve to get to the next level. So then that, those truths that we have inside of our hearts start to alter and sometimes falter and muddy our perception of where we are. Maybe it is a very toxic work environment. Maybe you have been taken advantage of and maybe you aren't growing. I don't know. But that is your perception. That is your truth. That is a story that you are telling yourself. But what I can, so I can't confirm nor deny that, but what I can tell you is that maybe you're the right guy for the job. It just hasn't paid off yet. You alluded to what I have said that eventually the hard work pays off, but you still have to be standing there ready to receive it when it does. We don't know when that's going to be. It's one of the hardest questions in life. Hey, if I work at this job for a year, two years, five years, hey, if I put this much time in, if I put this much effort in, if I do everything I need to do, at what point do I move to the next level? The answer is simple. You don't know. You're never going to know. Sometimes in life, we have these carrots dangled in front of us and it's a clear path, right? Hey, if you do this for this amount of time, this is going to happen. Most of the time, those things happen. Sometimes they don't. I've been trusting God and trusting that he has plans for me, but I don't understand why something hasn't opened yet, up yet. It's not that people don't do the right things. It's that people don't do the right things for long enough. And Caleb, I'm not telling you haven't done the right things, and I'm definitely not telling you that you haven't done the right things for long enough. All I can say is sometimes giving up the control, stop focusing so much on the thing, stop focusing so much on the accomplishment, the move forward, the upward trajectory, the yes, giving up the control and saying, you know what? I'm fine doing exactly what I'm doing, where I'm at right now. It's okay to admit that because when you do admit that and you let that, that next thing stop controlling you so much, a lot of times I realize that's when the doors open. Similar to a relationship, you know, last episode we talked about relationships. Hey, we got a breakup. She left me. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I feel like a part of me has, le has, has left, but I know it was a toxic relationship. I know I'm ready to move forward. Okay, well, Make sure you're not putting yourself in a position where you're continuing to keep your claws on that thing of the past. So in this scenario, Caleb, I would tell you, instead of being so hyper-focused on why it hasn't worked out, 
and the grass being greener on the other side. Be happy where your feet are right now. Even if it's a toxic relation or even if it's a toxic environment, even if, even if you've been taken advantage of, even if you have crappy coworkers, even if you hate your boss, even if you hate the athletes that you're currently videoing for, show up with a smile on your face and watch giving away that control, letting go of that control of moving to the next rung. Watch those opportunities start coming across your, your email, your inbox, your phone. And it might not be today. It might not be next week. It might not be a month from now. It might not be a year from now. I don't know. I'm not in control. But I do know, as the great Jim Rohn said, they'll pay you $4 to work at Walmart or to work at McDonald's, but they'll pay you four and a quarter if you take the trash out with a smile on your face. I've never worked at McDonald's. I worked for minimum wage at Blockbuster when I was in high school. It's my first job. Um, I love that quote because in that quote, they'll pay you $4 to work at McDonald's, but they'll pay you four and a quarter to take the trash out with a smile on your face. What he is saying is so simple, but so important. Show up and not just do the job that you're supposed to do. Not just do what your job description is, but do it with a smile on your face. Do it by, by being a good team player. Do it in this world full of entitlement, in this world full of I deserve more, in this world full of I want, I need, I deserve, I want to have. While everybody else is throwing out needs and wants, you just keep your nose to the grindstone. Do what is asked of you. Do more than what is asked of you and do it with a smile on your face. That's my only advice in this scenario because we've had a lot of questions like this. I guarantee there's so many of you listening right now who are like, I don't like what I'm doing. Keep hitting dead ends. The doors keep closing. Why haven't I gotten the opportunity? Instead of focusing on me, instead of focusing on you, focus on it. What is it? It is your job. It is your profession, your career. It is your skills. And it's also who you are, how you show up to work, how you walk across the threshold of your job, how you walk on to the baseball field to do your job. Letting go of the control of the next rung on the ladder being happy with where your 10 toes are right now. Sometimes I question God, he says. I've been trusting him, but I don't understand why something hasn't happened yet. It's okay to have that. He asks, were there any times that you felt like giving up or wondered why God wasn't rewarding you for the work that you put in? Absolutely. That is to be human and that is to be a Christian. One of the greatest misconceptions is all of a sudden you're a, you're a Christian and you're saved and it's all sunshine and rainbows and, well, this didn't work out, so God must have something better for me. False. It's not what your human nature says, right? You say, dang it, dude, what's going on here? I'm working my butt off. I'm doing everything right. Well, she left me or he left me or this got done to me or this, well, God must be just uh, watching over me so another door can open. False. It's not what we think. It's what we want to think. It's what we, that's what a, a good Christian does, right? That's what a good man of faith does. But it's okay to admit that you're going to have moments of wondering, why hasn't this worked out yet, God? This was the agreement we had, right? I think that's where, we, where it gets lost. But time and time again, 
even after I've questioned, even after I've had those thoughts, even after I've gotten down on myself and focused on me, he always finds a way to orchestrate it. He always finds the right person to come into my life, the right opportunity to come into my life. Always seems as though one season ends and the next season is that much more blissful time and time again. So Caleb or anybody who is going through anything like Caleb is, you're not happy where you are right now and you know you deserve more and you want to do more, you want to be more, you want to have more. Keep showing up with a smile on your face. Take the trash out with a smile on your face. Focus on that. Focus on what you can control and the things that you can't control will start to work themselves out. Best of luck, Caleb. Next one comes from Derek. How's it going, Mr. Chandler? My name is Derek. I've been a big fan since your Bellator days. I love the podcast and what you've been preaching. One of the biggest things I hear from you and men like you is a man's need for purpose in his life. I got into the union right out of high, high school, worked as a carpenter for a few years, and have now been running cranes for the last eight years. I've been in a few motorcycle accidents that have put me out of work for months at a time. While, while out of work, the depression and feelings of being useless slash worthless start taking over. Last November, I had a seizure in my crane, got diagnosed with epilepsy and told and was told not only will I never be able to run cranes again, but I might not even be able to return to any kind of work. The last eight months, I've been raising my son, acting as Mr. Mom around the house and working out and staying active and healthy. As much as I love being with my son every day and being able to work out consistently five to six days a week, I still feel unfulfilled and like I should be contributing more to my family and society. My question is, do you ever get these feelings if you're ever injured slash inactive? How would you deal with feeling unsatisfied or without purpose? My lady tries to remind me that raising our son and running the household is the greatest purpose I could have but I still feel like I need to be doing more. Thank you for all the advice and wisdom you have already shared and will share and will share in the future. Hope to see you hold that UFC belt one day soon. See you at the top. Um, well, Derek, um, you're in a tough spot, man. And it's okay. It's okay to, uh, for me to say that. Having something that you have been doing now for the last eight years and it being taken away from you because of epilepsy, this is, uh, this is one of those moments where you think, man, it's tough, tough luck, tough spot. Um, so the question is, that has happened to you. That is where you're at. So the question is, where do you go from here? Now, the beginning of this talks about every man needs a purpose in his life. And I do believe that. And sometimes my purpose in this season is different than the purpose that I have for the rest of my life. Right. And my, my purpose in a nutshell, right. For now it's fighting and being a father and a husband and being on a platform to reach young men. That is my sole purpose here in life. That is what I want to do. It's how I want to make my impact. Right. But there's going to be seasons where it's just focusing on myself as a fighter. There's going to be seasons where it's just focusing on being a father and being a husband, being a good leader of the household. There's going to be seasons where it is 
driving and flying all around the country and speaking on stages and speaking into this microphone. And that's my platform space and trying to find the balance between all of them is almost impossible because you never know when one season is starting and one season is in ending, unless you're really, really good at planning it all out, which I am not. I got things on my calendar for the next month um, that I haven't even quite taken into perspective yet. Hey, what am I doing here? What's the impact I'm making here? What is my purpose here? Whether it's going to St. Louis next weekend for hiatus or next week for hiatus to do bottle signings and meet with distributors and all that kind of stuff. This weekend, I'm doing a mastermind here in Nashville with Sean Dill and Lacey Book where we're bringing in people and we're talking about resiliency and we're pouring into people. A week after that, we got something else. I'm going to Florida for some hiatus stuff, going to Florida to train. There's all these different seasons that we go through. So is it fulfillment in each one of those different things or is it the way I see myself and the perspective or the perception that I have of myself? And Derek, I would venture to say that we're going through a transition right now where you, what you were doing for eight years running a crane has now been taken away from you. And now it's time to figure out what the next step is. You know, you say the last eight months you've been raising your son acting as Mr. Mom. And as much as you love being with your son every day and being able to work out consistently five to six days a week, you still feel unfulfilled. And it's interesting to read it. It's interesting for me to say it because conventional wisdom would say, well, that sounds bad. You shouldn't say that because you're taking care of a kid. You are working out, right? But it's, it's okay to take stock in and ask these questions and ask for wisdom and, and say, hey, even though being with my sons, talking about myself here, even though being with my sons, it's great. I get to spend time with them. It's my number one most important thing I can do as a father. Can't do it for that long all the time. Well, today we're on busting with the boys this morning. I, wor I worked out this morning when I'm busting with the boys this morning and now we're doing the walk on wisdom. So I'm getting a lot of work done. So now when I get done with this, now when I go hang out with my sons, feels a little bit easier to digest because I've gotten some of my work that I need to get done, right? One thing I can say, I, uh, I don't know if you guys heard it or not, but um, got a little bit emotional whenever you said, my lady tries to remind me that raising our sons and running the household is the greatest purpose I could have, but I still feel like I need to be doing more. Because um, one thing I would say, man, I think God speaks through other human beings more than he, you're going to hear him audibly speak to you. He speaks through the people that we are around. He speaks through our family. He speaks, speaks through sometimes complete strangers. He speaks, speaks things through what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we're hearing. It is true, but it's hard to hear. She says, it reminds you that your son and running the household is the greatest purpose you could have. It's true. Doesn't mean it's 24-7 always going to be the thing that you want to do, but it is true and there's a lot of wisdom in that. And what I would say there is I think the reason I got emotional, I don't think it was because of the son's part, because it was what your lady told you. Having a woman by your side, having a significant other by your side, having someone that believes in you, having someone who would even, instead of saying, shut up, stop self-loathing, stop complaining, stop being so discontent. 
She's reminding you of something positive, that you're raising your sons and running the household is the greatest purpose that you could have. Having someone to support you, see through your faults, help you through your pain, take care of you through your traumas, through your downfalls. It's one of the greatest gifts that we can ever have and ever receive in this life. But the question, overall question is, I've had something been taken away from me? How do I figure out what is next? How do I really fulfill my purpose? And I think in the similar vein to some previous questions today, taking stock in, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of time on your hands, which is not always a good thing, right? When we're working like crazy and we're working 60 hours a week and we're constantly going, we're constantly grinding, we're constantly throwing ourselves into the fire. We complain about the hard work, but there is something nice about it because it means you don't have to sit and think and be idle. Sometimes we need to sit and think and be idle. And sometimes that's the worst thing that we can do, right? But you having time on your hand, Derek, being able to work out five or six days a week, Spending time at home, spending time with your son should give you a lot of time to put on paper, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? What do I want to have? In one year's time, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? What do I want to have? What makes me tick? What fulfills me? What fills my bucket? I did that thing or I went to that place or I fulfilled that obligation or I served that person and it made me feel like a man of purpose. I have certain things in my life that I know I put on my schedule because they make me feel better about myself. So, quite frankly, walk on wisdom is one of them. Today, I could have sent Connor home and been like, hey, you know, do some, let's go edit, edit some of the videos that we've shot, go work on this, work on that, work on all, all kinds of stuff, get prepared for this. But I, these episodes and doing walk on wisdom serves a purpose for me. Quite frankly, I'm sitting here on a selfish chair sometimes because I want to bring you guys wisdom. I want to help you guys, but it's also in turn serving myself as well. You can have everything you want in life if you will just help enough other people get what they want in life. So how do you put yourself in positions, take stock in and say, you know what? I like that. That thing was a little bit inconvenient. That thing was, I didn't want to travel or that thing took a little bit of time or that thing was this, that, the other thing, whatever it may be. But the way that I felt after it, I really liked the way that I felt. It's okay to operate within that vein. It's okay to operate within, you know what? I like that thing because of the way it makes me feel. So Derek, what I would say, if having some time on your hands, continuing to work out, because I do think that is very, very important. Your health is your wealth. Your health is the most important thing that you can have for your own personal self, to be the best father, the best husband, the best man, the best anything you want to be. Take time to sit down, write down, in one year, what do I want to be, do, and have? What are the things that really fulfill me? I know those four, five, six things. I'm doing one this weekend, sitting on a stage with other people that I admire, pouring into people. I'm doing one right now, speaking into this microphone to be able to get these messages from you guys saying that these episodes are life changes to some of you. These are making your days better. These are answering your questions. 
I know that working out makes me feel fulfilled because A, I am a professional athlete, but also I know it makes me be a better version of myself. Trying to serve other people when I can. I know the things that make me feel better about myself and make me feel like I am full of purpose. So Derek, that, that's what I would say. And anybody who is looking for their purpose right now, a lot of times it's you. It's about you because it is your purpose and what you need to bring to the table, what you need to do in life. But sometimes the best thing you can do for you is do something for someone else, which in turn is doing something for yourself because I believe God created us for relationships. He created us for community. He created us for service for other people to other people. Keep on doing what you can do to the best of your abilities. Keep focusing on your fitness. Keep focusing on your workouts. Keep focusing on being the best dad you can be. Keep focusing on being the best significant other, the best partner you can be. And anybody listening who is continuing to trying to find their purpose, sometimes admitting that you haven't found it yet, sometimes asking for wisdom is the next step that you need to take instead of trying to force it. Sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you force it. Giving up the control of the things that you don't have yet, giving up the control of that big, audacious goal and dream that you have, giving up the control of it and saying, you know what, I'm fine if that never happens. I am completely fine and confident in myself and happy with myself if that thing does not happen. And watch yourself give that control away so it doesn't have a grip on you as much and watch things start orchestrating around you. And I can't guarantee that everything's going to work out for you and I can't guarantee that that goal is going to come closer to you because you gave up the control. I'm not saying give up on it. I'm not saying stop working toward it. I'm not saying stop taking the steps necessary to get to it. What I am saying is giving up the control and the identity of it. That thing, if I don't get it, you know what? I'm just fine. If I don't accomplish it, you know what? I'm just fine. I'm going to keep working towards it, do the working towards it to the best of my ability. If I don't accomplish it, I'm still me. I'm still loved. My God still loves me. My family still loves me and I still love me. And the most important part is I still love me. So I hope this episode has spoken to you guys. I hope um, the questions that we answered today um, spoke to you, whether it was your question or whether it was something that you were going through. And guys, the reason too, when you think about, you know, it's just me on this microphone answering questions from people all around the world, different countries and guys and girls, different areas of your life. We had a question from a 16-year-old. We've had questions from people in their 60s, people who are older, people who are highly, highly, highly successful. They sound like they're doing absolutely awesome in life. We've had some people who sound like they're on the brink of suicide and they're just, they're reaching for, they're reaching for wisdom. They're reaching for some hope. They're reaching for something. People from all walks of life. But even the idea of me sitting here answering these questions, there's people who are listening right now who didn't send a question in, who got spoken to today. This episode spoke to them and hopefully made a, a impact in their life, in their day, in their week to give them some clarity, to give them some answers because 
if God created us for relationships and he created us for community and he created us in the image of himself, we're all very similar. We're all going to be going through very similar things. And it doesn't matter if you are the richest person who has sent in a question or the most broke person who has sent in a question, or if you are the most successful or the most least, least successful, if you are a man or a woman, if you're 16 or you're 60, the idea behind walk on wisdom is that God created us in his image. We are created for greatness, but we all will be going through things in different seasons of our lives. So I thank you guys for trusting me with these questions. Make sure you send this episode to anybody who you think might glean any information from it. Send him a timestamp. Hey, at 29 minutes, he talked about this. I really think this might help you. If you've sent in questions, thank you so much. If you haven't sent in questions yet, make sure you send your questions into podcast at michaelchandler.com and we will keep on doing these walk on wisdoms. So with that, I say, have a wonderful day. Have a blessed day. Walk on. God bless. I'll see you at the top.